Hey, it's Kelsey, popping in real quick to give you a trigger warning. Not something we typically do in these episodes, as we find that most things that would be somewhat triggering do fall under the, this podcast is not for little ears, which it never is, never will be, you know the drill. But this time we do take the discussion a little bit further in our interpretation of how Nesta is dealing with some trauma. If you have not read this section, I highly recommend you read it before listening to the episode. Otherwise, this is your warning. From about minute 44 to minute 47, 48, somewhere in there, there is mention of suicide as we do feel that that is something that needs to be discussed about a potential mental state of a character at the time in this novel. If that's something that bothers you, we totally get it. Go ahead and skip from, like we said, around minute 43, 44 to about 48. That should get you covered. Otherwise, feel free to listen to the entire episode as is. We promise we don't get into the nitty gritty. It's just a discussion for a few minutes about Nesta's headspace. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, it's Kelsey again. One more thing before this episode starts. We realized as we were editing and getting ready to publish this episode, there is some sort of weird fan sound that comes and goes. I swear it's like the devil's lawnmower. I don't know. The world never wants us to get an episode out cleanly and quickly. But because we don't want to delay this any further, we are going to head and release this episode It's not that bad. It's just a couple of sections for a couple of seconds. You can still hear us talk. You just also hear what seems to be a ghost lawnmower or a weed whacker, maybe a vacuum. I have literally no idea. But as that is, life is lifey. Here you go. (laughs) Hello. Hello. Welcome back to episode 12 of season 5 of the Massive Fans Book Club podcast. We are so excited to be getting to this section. We're wrapping up part 2 and we cannot believe it. Um, (laughs) This section will cover chapters 46 through 50. And Kim, you and I were just talking offline about how we don't understand where 2023 went. And like I literally just realized a little bit ago that uh, we have less than 100 days left. Uh, so we really need to get cranking and finish this book. <laughs> yes, 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 we do. And yeah, we uh, truly, guys, we, I, I don't know. I feel like I keep blinking and I'm losing weeks at a time. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure what's going on, but yeah. Welcome to our world, everybody. I don't get yeah. it. It's been a wild ass ride. And yeah, it's like all of a sudden I feel like, I was, I was telling Kelsey offline, you know, we were talking about this and I, you know, I'm looking at my calendar and I feel like somebody just took and hit the gas pedal yeah, and everything is going to start going at a million miles a minute. And I'm like, what yeah. the F is going on, people? It's been nuts. Like, while we never dreamed that it would take us this long to break down this specific book, we also never dreamed that there would be, like, 400 hospital visits between our two families this year. <laughs> Fair. Um, life's just been, like, life and along, and uh, it's fine. We're here. We'd love to be here. So, you yes, know. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. 
So without much further ado, I mean, like Kim and I could go off for 45 minutes about the recent SJM live and like maybe we will at the end of this episode, but we're trying to be good and stick to the chapter. <laughs> there are feelings on both of our sides and yeah. Yeah. yeah and we as got somebody who's read all the books, I have some very strong feelings about some stuff that was said and how people are interpreting it. And I'm like, okay. And as someone who has not read all the books, I have some strong feelings about how the woman makes plenty of money to buy a ring light. Um, but that's not here nor there. She definitely needs something. She needs what something. what she's got is not working. My dude, whatever that lighting was, I swear I thought it was like a filter. And maybe it was. Like Zoom and stuff has filters now. So maybe that was the problem. I do not know. But anyway, I'm just saying it was looking a little wild. But it's all right. Uh, let's do the thing. Yes. Okay. Do you want to pick up where we left off or should I? Because I think we need a quick recap. <laughs> recap it because yeah, we're, yeah. Okay. Give us a recap. Cool beans, cool beans. So we left off. Okay. Remember, uh, <laughs> Gassian was being a man. She got all pissy and she stormed off to the house and then she fake took a shower so that he'd leave her the fuck alone. And then she went to the stairs and she walked and walked and walked and walked and boom, she was at the bottom. Fuck. Okay. Door is open. We are free. Uh, so now we have to uh, deal with that. She's pissed. Yeah. She's she furious. Mad. She mad and she free. Chapter and I don't think it's totally clicked in her head that she's hit the bottom of the stairs yeah. finally all ten thousand, mm -hmm. and she mm -hmm. was storming off into the city on a mission one mission to find one person and that person is amarin mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and everybody that sees her is kind of like not even going to apparently she must have that look on her face you know the look on, yeah on her. she apparently has that because nobody's coming within 10 feet of her yeah yeah and she literally yields to this anger and 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 just hurt and lets it take her over and she she goes to Amran's and she quite literally interrupts Amran and Varian having some fun yeah making some whoopee in in, in the hay I, I and Amran's on top just in case you wanted to know yeah Amran is on top <laughs> which did we expect her anywhere else like let's let's be real Fair, fair. Nesta doesn't even blink that she's interrupted them in the middle of pretty wild and raucous sex. And um, I'm not even going to try. Yeah. Right. And yes, people, this podcast is not for little ears. So if I have to repeat that again, <laughs> we, we I don't even remember it. that we didn't say it because we've said it so many times. <laughs> yeah, just. Yeah. Okay, guys. Seriously. Anyway, um, so yeah, so she's as soon as Nesta comes in though, Varian is with it enough to throw up a shield of water. And Nesta starts ripping Amarin a new asshole, for lack of a better term. Yeah. And it's, you you thought I shouldn't even be told what my power can do. You know what? I don't blame her. I think I'd be pretty fucking pissed too. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's cut to the chase. And Amron does tell Varian to drop the shield. He does. And Nest, 
Nesta tells him to get out. <laughs> well, I love what Nesta, yeah. I love how Nesta just immediately is like, I have a bone to pick with you. Most of, like, I, I'm literally going to tell you exactly my problem with you. And it's that you thought I shouldn't even be told what my power can do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's, like, she's mm. going after Amarin. Yeah. The gloves are off people. Yeah. Varian gets dressed and Nesta basically kicks him out and he goes running, which I think is absolutely hysterical. Yeah, he like was hanging out. He was going to give her like, like he was going to stand up for Amran, but Amran was just like, go, my bro. <laughs> I got it. And he was like, you don't need to tell me twice. And of course it makes Nesta, it kind of fuels Nesta's anger in a way because at one time, Amron would have been that person for Nesta. Yeah. And this just really kind of brings it home that Amron is not that person. Well, this, is, this goes back to, I can't remember if it was last episode, it was probably last episode, or maybe it was the one before, where you and I went on like a long rant about, I guess it was two episodes ago, where we went on a long rant about how Amron's just like being particularly ridiculous in this book. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. what she says about Cassian is awful. I suppose that loudmouthed bastard told you more than was necessary. Uh, yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, I just really... Like, what? Yeah. I just... yeah. It seems so weird to me. Like, okay, Amron, be mad at Nesta, but, like, why are you being such a dick about... Like, you you know Nesta, and if you think Nesta's as bad as you think she is... Like, why would you think that that's Cassian's fault? Then, like, isn't it Nesta's fault because Nesta made him tell her? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't have it both ways. Yeah, I know. And right after Amarin's bitchy enough about what she says about Cassian, Nesta's staying true to, to the to the issue. And she's like, you voted against me. And, of course, Amarin's like, well, you've done nothing to prove you're able to handle such terrible power. And Amron's like, you know, I offered to teach you more. You walked away from me on the barge. And Nesta says, I walked away because you chose my sister. And then, you know, in her head, it's just as Elena had done. Amron had been her friend, her ally. And yet in the end, it hadn't mattered one bit. She'd picked Feyre. You know, Amron's like, I told you that Feyre had requested you and I work together again, and you somehow twist that into me siding with her. And she's like, I told them to leave you alone for months. I refused to speak about you with them. And then the moment I realized that my behavior was not helping you, that maybe your sister was right, I somehow betrayed you. Which, like, okay, in a vacuum, like, in the real world, I sort of see what Amron is saying here, right? Yeah. However, mm-hmm. like, big asterisk, like, this is, it is not fair for, like, we cannot pretend that Amron did any of this with any kind of tact. Right. Like, 
in a vacuum, what she just said is true. And I think probably in a lot of like families that have somebody who's like going through some sort of like almost like intervention type situation, this is a thing that somebody has had to say where it's like, look, for a long time, I like backed you up, but now I think that I'm enabling you. So I have to stop doing that. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's right. a like, I get what where Amber's coming from. And I get where like in the real world, that would be applicable. But in this situation where we know Amber did not communicate any of that with Nesta. We know that she did know how Nesta felt about Feyre at that time. She did know that everybody was fucking talking about her behind her back and like not, you know, doing what was best for her out of the goodness of their heart, just out of being fucking gossipy bitches. Like, this is so weird that Amron's now claiming like, I did it for your benefit. Really? If it had been for her benefit, then you would have said on that barge, look, we got a problem. The problem is right. favorite is asking me to work with you. And I think that I agree with her because you seem messed up. And what can I do to help you not feel so messed up? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but we know that that's not what Amber said. Like, we don't have to be there to know that that's not what Amber said because Amber just fucking called Cassie and a loud mouth bastard. So we can't trust her to not be a dick ever. <laughs> well, exactly. Exactly. Amron comes back to Nesta with, you know, like, oh, yes, poor Nesta, a younger sister who loves her so dearly, she's willing to do anything to get her help. And Nesta's like, Farah doesn't love me. Right there, if Amron had half a brain, she would stop what she's doing and turn tack and say, okay, we need to approach this differently. But yeah. Amron isn't going to do that. Yeah. She just barrels on ahead. And I'm like, oh, my God, and you wonder why we have the problem we're having with Nesta. Right. Right. Because Amron's like, that you believe favor doesn't only proves that you're unworthy of your power. Anyone that willfully blind cannot be trusted. You would be a walking nightmare with those weapons. To which I say, this is why if you think back to Amron in the first couple books, we didn't know if she was evil. <laughs> because truthfully, Amron falls into this category. Yes, she does. Like Amron. Yeah, like, Amron can't be fucking trusted. Like, she's blind to fucking shit around her. Like, uh, what? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, then the whole thing, it's like, oh, well, you know. And Nesta's right. She does say it's different now. And all Amron has to say to that is, is, you can train as hard as you want. Fuck Cassian as often as you want, but it isn't going to fix what's broken if you don't start reflecting. Hmm. Hot kettle? Not only that, but this is where I'm like so fucking sick of everyone. Where like, this isn't even about like me liking Nesta or whatever. This is just about like words on the page. How many times has Cassian attempted to explain to these people that Nesta is literally doing just that. And they refuse to hear him. They either literally cut him off or simply tell him that they don't believe him. Exactly. So like, she can't, like this is irritating to me because this is a situation where like, you know, feel however you want to feel about Nesta, but you cannot push somebody into a corner and then pummel them and tell them that they are refusing to change without ever asking them if actually maybe they are. 
Right. You can't decide or, for someone else whether or not they are reflecting. That's an internal thing. Well, not only that, but have any of them come to observe? Right. Like, that's what's sick to me. You know what's sick to me? This is the, this is where I'm just like, God, I sort of wish I had like a whole separate novella of what's going on with the fucking band of exiles right now. Because I promise you that Lucian left and was like, yo, uh, first of all, Feyre, your sister is scary. Second of all, your sister is scary because I think she's actually finally tapping into like her inner being and talking to herself. Um, that's terrifying to all of us just so you know. And then I'm sure they all ignored him just like they've been ignoring Cassian. And he went home and was like, yo, Jurian, what would you say <laughs> if I told you? you say, if I told you, yeah. yeah like, what would you say if I told you that Nesta Archeron has been doing like self-reflective yoga and is also being trained in weapons and don't forget she has witchy powers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like everybody else gets it. <laughs> Even Azrael gets it. Okay, and I think that's what I find, like I said, I find this whole thing kind of sick because I feel like Feyre was like, well, my sister hates me, so I'm going to send Cassian to fix her. And Cassian, like, pretty much fucking does that, right? And then she's like, I don't believe Cassian, so I'm going to send Azrael. And then Azrael fucking shows up and is like, yeah. Like, I mean, she's still a little bit of a bitch, but like, he's not lying. She's doing good. And then Pharaoh was like, I know I've now sent two fucking trusted individuals, but I'm also going to send Lucian. A, to get him out of my hair, and B, because I don't trust either of you now. I don't Apparently. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. And then, you know, Nesta in her argument with Amarin, points her finger and Amarin steps out of the way, right? Which is hysterical. Good. And then she's like, oh, you think I'd mark you with a death promise? And then, of course, Amarin's response to that, I mean, this is so fucking petty. Well, you nearly did with Tamlin the other day. But I thought we all hated him. So, like, isn't that fine? Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, Amber continues, well, I'll say what I said to you that day on the barge. I think you have powers you still do not understand, respect, or control. And fair, because Nesta's question to her is, how dare you assume you know what is best for me? Amber doesn't answer, and she's like, you are my friend. And then Amarin really takes a low, yeah. low shot. And she's like, was I? I don't think you know what that word means. I'm, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, I don't know why she's, like, I don't, I, again, pot kettle, I don't understand where she thinks she gets off saying that when I don't think Amran really has friends. Amran had, think about it, the inner circle is friends with her only because she was already, like, in place with, like, Reese's court, and everybody was a little afraid of her. Yeah, they're terrified Dealing with over. somebody because you have to is not friendship. No. So, like, Amran, you also have no friends. And then, you know, they hear they hear somebody stumping up the stairs. Nesta's thinking it's going to be Cassian, but no, it's Feyre. 
and she's yelling at them to stop, which I think is kind of funny because it's like mom's coming in to separate the two kids. Yeah, I thought that too. <laughs> and Farah's Farah is smart enough to say it should not have come out as it did. And he and she's like, you know, Nesta goes, Well, did Cassie tell you that? And Farah's like, No. I can guess how he did this. He wouldn't want to keep anything from you. Again, this goes back to where both you and I are like, they should have let Feyre be the one to tell her what yep. was going on. And she's like, and Nesta is smart enough to say, my issue isn't with Cassian. And she looks at Amor and says, I trusted that you would have my back. And this is the thing I don't get from Amorin, because Amorin's like, I stopped having your back the moment you decided to use that loyalty as a shield against everyone else. Yeah, I don't get that either, because uh, unless a whole lot more went down on like that barge than we understand, uh, isn't what happened essentially what Amorin just said, which is she was like, yo, we're going to work on your powers because I think you're being shitty with them. And Nesta was like, I don't want to. And Amorin was like, well, I'm not your friend anymore. I'm favorite friend. I mean, obviously I'm making this up and this is terrible dialogue, but you get my point. So like exactly. now, now is Amorin claiming that actually somehow Nesta was like, no, you can't be friends with them only with me because I don't think Nesta said that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what? And then Favor tries to break it up and she's like, Nesta, go back to the house. And Amron, you do this. And well, you stay here. And Nesta, Nesta makes a valid point. She's like, you're yes. her high lady. You don't need to cater to her. And I like how Nesta calls it out. Not when she has any, when, not when she has power less than any of you. Yeah. Yeah. This is the thing. Like, we're about to get into this whole thing with Nesta and Feyre, right? And Amran. The thing is, and it's going to be, like, people feel certain ways, and we'll get there when Nesta says the thing. Um, however, at this point, I would just like to bring up that the next few things that Nesta says, particularly about Amran, um, and also just, like, the workings of the inner circle, uh... I would love for Nesta to be wrong, but yeah. she isn't. Is nope. she mean? Sure. Uh, is it uh, brash? Yes. Uh, is Are people's feelings allowed to be hurt because Nesta says things that are true and also mean? Like, yes. Absolutely. But it doesn't mean that Nesta is lying and it doesn't mean that she's not right about certain aspects of this that like need to get cleaned the fuck up. Like, exactly. Like, and I like I don't know. Like, I can only be so mad at something. Like, it is one thing if somebody is like starting drama with lies, but Nesta is starting drama that is rightfully about her and how everybody is treating her, and also how they are treating her sister. Like, everybody's always so quick to be like, well, Nesta's not very nice to her sister. I'm telling you, these people must not have siblings. Because I can say that everybody knows the general rule of your sibling is like, I can pick on my sibling. I can call my sibling names. I can trip my sibling down the stairs. But if you do it, fuck you. Now, I'm not saying that doesn't mean some siblings need fucking therapy. Like, don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? But... Like, 
I don't really understand why we have to be like, oh, well, when Nest is a bitch, she's awful. But when Amron's a bitch, it's fine. <laughs> like, what? Fair. So I yeah, anyway, carry so on. Agree. Because like, that was the first of it, which is you're high lady. You don't have to cater her. True. She has less power than any of you. True. And and Farrah's answer is, well, I offer her respect. Oh, and Nesta, again, brings a third little piece of truth. Is respect what she offers you? That what your mate offers you? Yeah, and, like, I understand why people are like, ooh, like, she didn't have to bring Reese into this. She does. But... And, and I get it. She didn't have to. You are absolutely right. At this point, she could have just, you know, middle fingers to both of them and left. I get it. Yes, she absolutely could have. But again, it would be one thing if the next thing she says was a lie. But it isn't. Have any of them told you they're respected, high lady, that the babe in your womb will kill you? Like, is it shitty for her to do this? Yeah. Yeah. In her place? Mm, honestly, I don't know. I'm 50-50. I sort of feel like on one hand, like, no. Like, Reese should have done it by now. No, Maja should have done it by now. Uh, But since neither of them did, is your sister the ne Yeah. Actually, yeah. It's a little like what we just fucking said about how Feyre shouldn't have let Cassian tell Nesta. Feyre should have fucking told Nesta. Exactly. Same thing. Should Nesta have let Reese do it? Probably. But he fucking didn't. So here we are. Exactly. And of course, Amber's response to this is, shut your mouth. And I'm like, dude, really? That That's your adult response and, to this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But this next part is why, like, people on the internet will just be like, oh, that was when I decided this was unforgivable and I hate Nesta. And, like, it's fine. We all get feelings and these are, like, fake people. So who cares? Like, that's cool. Feel that way. But, like, to me, this next line is what makes me say, mm, no, I think this is forgivable. Because people will say, she said, you know, have any of them told you they're a respected high lady that the babe in your womb will kill you? They say she did that to hurt Feyre. And if that was the end, if she said that, and then she was like, fuck you, I'm out, then I would agree with you. I would say that Absolutely. she dropped bad news to be me, right? Yep, yep. However, she didn't leave. She actually clarifies and gives details that Feyre And explains it, yeah. Yeah. And says, the wings, the boy's Illyrian wings will get stuck in your fey body during the labor and it will kill you both. There's the kernel of truth. There's, yeah. there's the thing. There's the secret. There's the thing that everybody should have told her. We should have told her. If Maja wasn't going to tell her, we should have told her. Yeah. And that's why I say, did she do it out of anger? Yes. But did she do it to be mean? I say no. Because if she had done it to be mean, she would have just dropped bad news and left and been like, ha ha, you're upset now. Like, you know what I mean? Ha ha, now you're going to fight with Reese. Like, you know what I mean? But no, yeah. she told her exactly the problem. Because the way she looks at it, I and I think this is like a really, like, and again, people feel free to disagree. But the way I see it is, no, this is a moment where she's looking at Feyre and going, 
these people that ultimately right now in this moment and for months and like the past year that have been between us, like you and I may have our problems, but these fucking people, as far as I'm concerned, have been between us. Yeah, they're fucking us both. Yep. They are lying to us both. They are gaslighting us both. Yep. And and Nest, I wish Nesta was lying, but she isn't. She's not. Yeah. And all Ferris says this, but she said that the Libra would re- be risky. The bone carver, the sun he showed, didn't have wings. And then she's like, did he only show me what I wanted to see? And Nesta finally is calm, and she's like, I don't know. But I do know that your mate ordered everyone not to inform you of the truth. And then she turns to Amran. Yeah. And this is the zinger. Yeah. Amran. Did you all vote on that too? Did you talk about her, judge her, and deem her unworthy of the truth? What was your vote, Amran, to let Farah die in ignorance? This yeah. is a little bit where Nesta takes it a step too far, in my opinion. Is she looks at Farah and she's like, didn't you question why your precious, perfect resand has been a moody bastard for weeks? Because he knows you will die. He knows, and yet he still didn't tell you. And of course, and like again, I get that she's mean, right? Like I get that that is a mean-hearted addition. However, yes. I think it's again, like especially after what she just said to Amron, which is like I said, it really to me drives the point home where it's like this isn't about me just fucking with Feyre. This is about me pointing out to Feyre that she wants to believe that she's in your inner circle, making all of these decisions and voting and blah blah blah, and it's just me that everybody's fucking up. But actually, it's both of us. So apparently, right. we're both outsiders. Apparently, your inner circle never did let her in. And again, right. I'm not saying that that's a fully accurate interpretation. But from Nesta's point of view, to her, it is fully accurate. And Absolutely. with the facts, it's still mostly accurate, which is, like I say, kind of sick. Like, yeah, mm-hmm, that is exactly what happened. And yeah, Reese did fucking order them all not to tell her. And you know what? Nesta's kind of right. Did they take a vote? No. But did any of them say, nah, dude, I ain't going to do that? No, they didn't. Right. And of course, Thera so, starts to do the math. Remember the stupid fucking bargain that they made that both both of us are like, seriously? <laughs> it will now come back to bite us all in the ass, right? Yeah. And at which point she turns around, she looks at Amron and she's crying. She's so upset. Yeah. She's like, you all knew you knew this. All of you. And, you know, Amarin's like, we did not wish to alarm you. Fear can be as deadly as any physical threat. And Fair at this point is crying. She's like, wait, Reese knew about the threat to me, to our lives, to the bay, you know. Yeah. And it kills me, right? Because, yeah, there's some definite betrayal going on here for Fair even. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, but the way Nesta internalizes this moment is so much. God, it breaks my heart. I know. Nesta realizes her mother never loved her as much as Favor already loves the babe in her belly. Yeah. And she realizes she's gone too far. Yeah, but here's the thing. Nesta now in her head backtracks and is like, this is all my fault. I've gone too far. And... 
kind of disagree. Like, uh, honestly, I am at this point of the mindset of we were getting way too far into this for Feyre not to know. I agree. Is this the ideal way? No. I don't know. I I don't know. I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I just have a really hard time with this because, like I said, we watch Nesta now mentally backtrack and be like, this is all my fault. And I'm like, actually, it's literally not. I know, but like, Nesta's it's just literally gonna... not. Like, you didn't get your, you didn't get her pregnant. You weren't her doctor. You didn't lie her. You didn't gaslight her. You didn't tell the inner circle not to fucking tell her. Like, uh, yeah, right. You know, like, are you mean? Sure. But is that the worst thing? Like, I guess this is what I don't get. She's mean, but she's not evil. She's not like a murderer. She's not like taking over lands and just like losing her shit. Is mean really the worst thing a woman can be? Because I think on a man, we let it go. Yeah, we do. It's a double standard. Like, I just really feel like when a man is mean, we call him grumpy. But when a woman is mean, we're like, that's the worst thing she can be. Seriously? Like, that's. She's being bitchy? Yeah, yeah, like really, you, you like can't mean to so? bitchy. Yeah, like so, and and the minute, and here's the thing: the minute that Nesta realizes how much Favor already loves this child, and realizes her mother never even loved her a yeah. quarter of that, the internal guilt that Nesta is feeling, and I mean, it's this is no small amount of guilt. This is yeah. a, a ton of guilt, and it's like she's she. She wants the world to open up and swallow her whole, let's yeah. face it, right? And Amarin's like, I think it is best, girl, if you speak to Resan about this. And she says that to Pharaoh. And then she turns around and she looks at Amarin, and Amarin looks at Nesta, and she's like, well, I hope you're content now. Like, Nesta did this to be spiteful and to be malicious, and she didn't. There was yeah. some spite in there to a little, I mean, a small amount of spite, yeah. sure. But not maliciously so. Yeah, like it was, it was, it was and like I said, to me, and I see why people, so I think what happens is a lot of people read it that way because Amran colors it that way. So when you're right. reading the dialogue, you read it as Nesta is doing this to be shitty to Feyre because Amran spins it that Nesta is doing this to be shitty to Feyre. But truthfully, right. doing it to, to wake Feyre up to how shitty Amran is being and how Correct. shitty everybody has been lately. Right. And right. so like, does it still hurt Feyre? Yes, but again, intent matters and I don't think it was a malicious intent. It was a no. wake up call and yes. admittedly a wake up call that maybe kind of went awry. I will give you that. Like, I, yeah. I don't think Nesta in the moment as the words vomited out of her mouth thought about what Feyre's next move would be. You know what I mean? Right. And, right. and so like, yes, I get it. That sucks. And like, yeah, that sucks for Feyre, but wasn't it going to suck for Feyre no matter who told her? Wasn't the outcome actually going to be the same? Because tables mm-hmm. turn, right? Say Reese does tell her, he, it's still going to come out that he told everyone not to tell her. Just like Cassian accidentally had to tell her that everybody voted against Nesta. You know what I mean? Like, well, except for except for he and As and Feyre. Well, right. But I'm just saying, like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's still going to come out that 
this was all discussed behind your back that we've all known for weeks. Because even if Reese had sat her down and said this at around this time, it would have come out like, hey, I've been looking for a solution and I can't find one. And I have all my best people looking for a solution. Oh, wait a minute. You have all your best people looking for a solution. So who knows? And that's when he's going to have to say literally everyone. So, yeah, I mean, I just I I, to include other high lords. Right. So like, I don't really, like I said, so I just, I am of the mind of like, it was this the way to find out? No. But on the other hand, I, I, I don't think it was going to matter. I think Pharaoh was going to feel basically the same. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we got a snowflake because literally Nesta can only do one thing, which is to turn around and leave the apartment. I mean, she's so upset that she hurt her assistant her sister because that was really not her intent right that was not what she came to do ah she she literally turns tail and runs also like again not to like scapegoat other people but it stands to reason that if Feyre hadn't barged in and tried to split up the party then Amran and uh, Nesta would have just yelled at each other until they quit or until they killed each other and uh, then the (laughs) then it never would have come out (laughs) exactly so, I mean, also, uh, stand on other people's business. I don't know. Maybe that's the moral of the story. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but we did yeah. get a snowflake, and it switches from Nesta's point of view to Cassian's. Poor Cassian. Cassian's having a really bad day. I love how this is worded. <laughs> Cassian had gone to the river house. That had been his third mistake of the day. <laughs> The second mistake had been letting Nesta hide in her room and not barging in to speak to her. Yeah. But the first had been how clumsily he had asked her about naming a sword. Yeah. Yeah, you think, fucker? Like, <laughs> Oh, boy. He was thinking she was taking a bath that was going to cool her down. No. Nope. So, um, this goes about how you expect it to, which is he... Uh, now knows what happened. He's like, oh, she got out. Uh, the door is open and she is gone. Oh no, she on the town. I must go alert Reese. And uh, so that that part is going about how you expect. Uh, it's kind of what happens after that where it's like, because he shows up and he's like, Reese, my man. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, word had already gotten to Reese because, you know, he has that little like mind talky talky thing. And so Cassian's here to be like, I lost Nesta. But instead, he's like, what do you think happened? Because I know what I was coming to say, but what was I to say? And that's when Reese is like, Nesta saw fit to inform Feyre of the risk to her and the babe. First of all, I hate when they call them babes. That's weird to me. But anyway, uh, Cassian is immediately like, oh, shit. Like, this is literally the worst possible thing. I thought you were going to be like, she burned down a small building. <laughs> like, you know, we could be mad about that, but I did that to the summer court that one time and we're still friends. <laughs> like, you know, he thought it was going to be bad, but not that bad. And then the High Lord says, get Nesta out of the city right now before I fucking kill her. And in such a tone that even Cassian has never had this tone turned on him and it's on him and he's like uh, 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 uh. and that's the end of the chapter i have feels all day long about reese's reaction yeah um, 
but I like can't even put them into words because I just think they're so stupid. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like again, I get it, and like I sort of like like in a real world perspective, I get that you just get like so stressed out that like you are super angry, and then you direct your anger at the wrong person. Like on that, I understand. Like that that part of this, I get. Um, again, it's the part where these people are like 500 fucking years old and, you know, probably have some mature, in theory, have like some maturity and life experiences and hopefully loads of therapy under their belt. Uh, and it's in these moments that it becomes apparent that that is not the case because what, uh, also don't really understand that. And I really think I saw somebody say this in a fan group somewhere, uh, where it was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This man lets Tamlin just roam free. And he wants to kill Nasta. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. And I, yeah, I don't either. <laughs> well, because he's angry at himself. Right. That's why I'm saying like in a real world, like perspective, I kind of understand that where it's like, oh, this is misplaced anger. But on the other yeah. hand, it just comes off. So like, I'm sorry, Reese, you were able to keep your mouth shut like under the mountain. You were able to keep your mouth shut when she was going to marry another guy. You were able to keep your mouth shut and not kill a guy when you found out how poorly he'd been treating her. Like you managed to not kill a guy when he literally like locked her in a house. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is all wild to me that somehow he's able to like always keep his cool until this moment. Fair. I'm with you. I guess, like you said, I guess this is the first time it's like literally his own fault. So I guess maybe he just doesn't know how to handle that. But I, yeah, it just seems really wild to me. But whatever, that chapter is over and 47 is just as wild. <laughs> I'll drink to that. Um, Nesta is full on sprinting down the street when Cassian finds her, which I think is an interesting uh, mental image because I really want to know like to where. Well, supposedly towards one of the taverns. I guess. No, that's what it says in here. I mean, yeah, but just yeah, but like, what was her plan when she got there? Like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's weird to me. Like, I don't get this. Yeah, I know. I don't. Yeah, but also because it's kind of switched. This is uh okay. So like we've talked about it's like we say it switches between Nesta and Cassie's perspective, but like technically it's third person. So it, uh, it's like third person limited. So sometimes it's like we're the third person over Cassie's shoulder. And sometimes we're the third person like over Nesta's shoulder. And in this moment, we're just kind of like floating in the air being observant. <laughs> and so I think that's why I'm a little like, do we know that for a fact though? Like, <laughs> I feel like that's just like a thing that Cassian's like, Oh, there's a tavern and Nesta's running. She must be running towards the tavern. And like, that feels like boy math to me, but Anyway, I'm, I'm um, not disagreeing. I'm just saying. <laughs> but yeah, so she's on the run when he finds her and uh, she does not put up any kind of fuss when he just like scoops her up and they're off into the sky because I mean, we know like she's not stupid. This is bad. And I think this is the part that in my head, I'm like, this is the wildest part that I would love to see like in TV. And I've seen like no fan art of this because I just think this is like a hugely like emotional weird fucking moment that I would love to see like the moment from he's scooping her up to they're like going towards the house of wind and they find Asriel there literally hovering in place. Like you, you literally even gotta go in to the house of wind. He is literally like hovering there holding a backpack 
And that's I think like, he's flapping his wings like you tread water. Yeah, I think exactly. He's just flapping his wings, hovering there. Yeah, he's just like literally hovering there outside, holding like a backpack of supplies. And like Cassian's like, I don't know if Reese was like nice enough to give Asriel a warning to help us get out, or if Asriel just like picked up on everything and was like, my bro, you're going to need this. Um, but it doesn't matter. Uh, he still, Cassian goes by and grabs the pack and just they keep going. Uh, Azrael doesn't say anything and like that Cassian doesn't look back. They just, they're off. And I love this moment because I can only imagine, like I would love a minute of like Azrael's point of view of like, I just, I can only imagine in Azrael's head, he's thinking like, this is all so fucked. Like none of this was supposed to be like this and everybody is overreacting and nobody is being them best, their best selves. And I literally can't do anything about it for any of them. I agree. Like, that's gotta I, be the weirdest. I, I totally think that that's what is going on in his head. Yeah. Yeah. Super wild. Um, but then we get a snowflake. Thank God for those. Yeah, for real. <clears throat> uh, it is from, from Nesta's point of view now. She's aware she's in Cassian's arms. She's aware that they're flying. She realized that she has done something truly unforgivable. And okay, guys, she is so in her head. And so she is so in her head and so beating herself up. She feels, she feels that it's okay if Reese missed at her. Yeah. I like to say this is kind of the moment. And we, I, I think we've seen uh, bits and pieces of this, but we hadn't probably like, probably some of this was in her head sort of uh, we like, pre this book you know what i mean like sometime mm -hmm. um um frost and starlight time where everybody was like why is she such a bitch i think the part that people gloss over in this book is that when we say like nesta has anxiety nesta has uh you know ptsd nesta uh is acting out of you know uh trauma i think the part that people tend to gloss over is the woman's pretty much suicidal yeah. And I think to me, sometimes that's the disservice we like. And again, like they're fictional characters. So like if nobody wants to think that deep, like, yeah, I feel you, dude. Like, don't think that deep. Go ahead. Read it for the funsies. Like literally not here to judge that. But like what we do is look at it like that. So like when I look at it, I think the disservice we sometimes give to Nesta's character is we forget that this is a woman that... Mm, okay, sure. Like maybe she needed to get away from the booze and like maybe spending some time in a house on a mountain away from her sister and doing the yoga and doing the breathing and doing the going to work. Like maybe this was good for her, but this was not mental health. Like this was not a therapy. This was not, you know, uh, psychology or, or psychiatry. This was not uh, meds. You know what I mean? And this is a woman who probably needed that kind of intervention. Absolutely. And so it just reminds me a little bit of in society, we do this all the time, where you will work somewhere that says, oh, we care about your mental health. 
Make sure you take 10 minute walking breaks throughout the day. Oh, we care about your mental health. Make sure that you practice your breathing exercises, but like then they don't give you time off to go to therapy. Or the insurance doesn't cover the meds that you need. And it's to me, that's sort of how this feels to me, is that we have a woman who truly needed help and i'm not saying she's the only one god these people all need fucking help right we were saying this about Feyre back in akamath like we appreciated what reese was doing and we were irritated with what tamlin was doing but we also acknowledged that she needed like actual help mm -hmm. and i feel like sometimes we don't do that to nesta because she's mean <laughs> i agree Sometimes I think in the real world, uh, we actually do know that. For some reason, we don't know that when we read about characters and we just think they're mean. But when we meet people out in the real world and they're mean, sometimes we actually identify that, right? More often, I right. find that what we don't identify in the real world, uh, that somehow then it's reversed. And like we do in books is that, it, like I, I call it like the Robin Williams response, that mm -hmm. sometimes people who are incredibly depressed deflect and are the life of the party. Exactly. And so I, it's just really interesting how like uh, somehow we like, you know, in the real world, we'll be like, oh, my God, I never saw that coming. But then it's like reversed when we read where it's like we forgot that this is also a valid trauma response. Like she's a caged animal. She can either try to befriend you to let her out, which is kind of the Robin Williams response, for lack of a better. I don't know what that one's called where you like are a comedian or a, a showman. I don't remember what that's right. uh, called, you know, but I don't um, off the top of my head either. Yeah. So uh, you, that's your option. You can do that. That's the one I, I am. <laughs> and then, um, or you can do this, which is be mean and, and quiet and try to like either kind of fight back or at this point now she's going into complete shutdown mode, which is also a response. She's totally. given up. And so I guess it's and, just interesting to me that, like, I think that this part gets kind of glossed over. I do have to say that a little bit of Nesta's problem right now is that while she was spiraling, she took Feyre with her. You know what I mean? So yes. I, I do understand the outside perspective of that, where it's like, well, she didn't have to do that. Absolutely true. She did not have to do that. But like I said, I, I still think the outcome would not have been much different. I think I this agree. next section would have looked the same practically regardless just at a different time and i think that Feyre's situation would have looked practically the same just at a different time i and you know what you're right you're right so i don't know i but you're I don't but know. Also, yeah but you're right ultimately she um opts for the shutdown mode where what we get from her is she didn't want to speak resolve not to say another word for the rest of her life and cassian I don't think I'm getting to it right this second. I think I'm going to let a few pages go by before I say what I have to say. Um, but Cassian only says two things, which is we'll camp here tonight and I'll make a fire. And obviously she doesn't respond to that. And he wasn't nice about it. No. Either. Like there was no. Just, no. He says it just like flatly, coldly, quietly. And um, presumably he does these things she's literally like super out of it and not paying attention she just like walks over to like a little overhang boulder situation and lays down like practically face first in it and just yeah that's it we we live here now 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a snowflake. And I do have to give Feyre a shit ton of credit here. Like, yeah. Like, this is, like, for everything, like, I can, I, you know, like I said, I can feel some sort of way about all the different pieces, but no matter what, Feyre definitely is handling all this stride far better than the people around her. And I know I gave her some shit back in, like, Akamath particularly, where I was like, bitch be 20, and it's obvious, bitch be 20. But Girlfriend yes. has, like, matured a lot recently because she, she pops into Cassian's head, and she's like, Cassian. Cassian and he's like whoa fuck I forgot you could do that <laughs> and she's like okay well that aside the fact that everybody always forgets that um like I want you to know that like Reese and to like Reese totally overreacted he like I can't even believe how much he overreacted and you know Cassian tries to be like oh I'm st but I'm so sorry like that shouldn't happen and she's like shut up like I'm not sorry I'm honestly just furious with all of you I can't believe that you guys wouldn't tell me and he's like well we're furious with Nesta and she's like I'm literally telling you not to be I can't she's the only one who told me the truth and, and then, then she says it she says yeah. she had the courage yeah to tell me the truth and then again, this is where I think people get it kind of twisted in my point of view, because pe because he says, she told you the truth to hurt you. And I think, again, people remember that. People go, oh, well, Amron said that and Cassian said that. Therefore, it must be true. But I again, I think it's just a perspective problem from the book, not necessarily the person reading it. Like I said, you do you, boo. But Feyre, I think, I think we forget to focus on what Feyre is saying. And I think we fail to give Feyre agency, which I find really irritating. Um, yeah. Which is, Feyre is telling you no ifs, ands, or buts. No, no, no. I'm not really mad at Nesta. I'm glad she told me. I'm mad you all kept secrets. And I don't really think that it was to hurt me because what she says is perhaps, but she was the only one who said anything. I am. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> yeah, like I, like she's telling you no ifs, ands, or buts, and you're arguing with her. Like I'm kind of getting sick of everybody arguing with the high lady around here. But <laughs> again, that aside, um, Cassian finally. Uh, I don't know. It's like he finally is paying attention. I don't fucking know. He's like, I think. She, I think he's calmed down enough. Yeah, I, that must be what it is. He basically says what we were saying, which is, I think she saw parallels between you. Like, I think she saw the way that we had voted and like talked about her. And she felt that that was also happening to you. And Feyre's like not even arguing about it. She's like, yeah, I think that is what happened. And she's also right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep, Reese doesn't agree happened. though. Like, and I'm like, oh, dude, you really have got to work on your prejudices. Because she's like, yeah, I agree with you. I think that is what happened. But Reese disagrees. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, again, like, give this woman some agency. This is kind of irritating, but whatever. Long story short, Feyre says, like, look, I'm just really not that mad about it. Like, yeah, was this probably how this should have all come out? Yeah, probably not. But exactly that is the reader. She basically says, it doesn't matter. Like, I was going to find out one way or another. We're all going to face it. All of us. It's going to be what it's going to be. And Cassian's like, oh, well, you're calm about it. And she basically says what you and I said last episode. Again, maybe it was last episode or two episodes ago, where we said, 
pregnant women always know that there is some, or just women in general are better about this than men, but it's like, we always know there is some amount of risk involved. So some amount of fear is already there anyway. Some amount of panic is already there anyway. And what we do know is that neither of those things are serving the process. So we just right. shove it down. And so she's basically yep. saying, yeah, like I was, yeah, that's what I'm doing because I have to. So here we are. Yeah. Um, ultimately, they have a little bit of back and forth about, oh, well, we're looking for a solution. And she's like, yeah, I know, whatever. Great. And uh, she does ask, though, like, okay, back to you guys. Where are you? And he says, the wilderness, I think, will stay here for a few days. We're going to hike. But before that, I do want to point out one thing that she says, because it's kind of key. Because she's like, Reese had no right to chase you from the city or to threaten Nesta. He has realized that and apologized. I want you to come home, both of you. Yeah, but like, did he though? Like, I'm sorry. Like, no, he I apologized agree. to you because you're upset. And he will apologize to Cassian. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a weird point. I guess that's why I glossed over it because I felt like it was irrelevant because I was like, oh, he apologized to you, Feyre. That's not the same thing, but whatever. But um, the fact that Feyre is like, he had no right to chase yeah, you. Right? Yeah. I think is is key to point out because she's, yeah. what she's, part of what she's angry about is, you know, her mate, her husband kicked him out. Yeah. In his anger. And she's like, that isn't right. Yeah. And that, that is important because it sets up stuff later on in this sure. section. That's all. <laughs> well, we're going hiking. Uh, Nesta has never hiked before. And Cassian, and this is where I'm like, I'm sorry, what? I do not understand. Cassian literally makes the, I don't know, I'm going to say, quote, joke, but he's also serious. Um, tell Reese this is her punishment. Tell him that Nesta and I are going to hike and she's going to hate it, but she comes home when I decide she's ready to come home. Okay, that last part, she comes home when I decide she's ready to come home. Okay, I sort of get that because I think there is an aspect of, like, she needs to get through this before it's a good idea. Like, this is not behooving anybody if we just, like, pick up and come back today. Like, okay, fine, sure. But I'm sorry. Cassian, where in this situation do you feel that it is appropriate for you to dish out punishments for a situation that you played a rather large hand in causing. Ding. So I, 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 I do not understand this. Uh, the next essentially two fucking chapters is going to be exactly what he just said, which is like hiking. And yeah. I don't get it. I don't fucking get it. But anyway, we'll get there. Uh, Feyre is like, oh, Reese is secretly delighted about that. Uh, but ultimately, she says a, like, Feyre really is like, I guess we're trying to say, I guess what we're trying to show with this is that Feyre is really, she's not just saying she's okay. She really is okay. 
Um, yep. And so she says, you know, please take care of her Cassian and yourself. And he says that he will. And that's great. That's the end of the chapter. But um, fucking what? Yeah. So 48. <laughs> so here we go, guys. All right. We're hiking. And poor Nesta gets woken up. Not nicely. Mm-hmm. And all he says to her is, eat. We've got a long day. Really um, not understanding where this anger is coming from on his part. But anyway. I agree, actually. Bewilderment? Sure. Uh, um, a loss for words? Maybe. But, like, he is fucking angry and I don't get it. He's angry and being a dick. Right. Yeah, like, I don't get it. And all he tells her is, we're going to hike from dawn to dusk, only two stops throughout the day, so eat now. And, of course, Nesta's like, it doesn't matter whether she ate, she slept, hiked, any of it, doesn't matter. So yeah. this is where she is starting this hike. And it's not a really good place mentally and emotionally. Okay, right. Remi- keep in mind, she doesn't say anything. She just is in her head. Um. So Cassian just keeps fucking talking. And um, I read it the first time and I just read through. I read it a second time and I put gifts in the chat. This is where I just put a whole bunch of fucking hiking gifts because truthfully, that's all we really get. Um, because there was no gift for Cassian's just an idiot. Um, because I don't understand how we get to this part. So I don't know, maybe he's maybe now that we're talking about it and I'm like sort of reading this as we're talking for like the third or fourth time, maybe, maybe he just keeps saying things, thinking the more outrageous thing he says, uh, maybe she'll finally talk. I'm gonna go with that because otherwise he's just a dick. Mm-hmm. Like almost as bad as Amran. He's he's pushing resand levels in a way too. At the very fucking least. Please share what what he does, like the shitty things he said. He picks up the the pack. This is a hiking pack. Now, I don't know how many of y'all like to go hiking and camping and all, but I used to be a Cub Scout den leader, and I've done my fair share of hiking with packs. Now, not not like the Boy Scouts. When my son graduated up, I looked at my husband and tagged him in and said, you're it for this stuff, not me. Um, But cause my husband likes to camp like that. He likes to do survival-type camping, and I'd rather chew my arm off. Um, anyway, he's like, picks up this big pack. Okay. Puts everything back into the pack and hands it to her. And he's like, I can't fit a pack that big on my back with the wings. You're going to have to carry it. Okay. Bone to pick number one. This (laughs) is a backpack that Asriel supplied. You mean to tell me that Asriel went to the basement of the House of Wind specifically looking for a backpack that Illyrians can't carry? I'm sorry. No way. I call bullshit. I agree. Like, this makes no sense. Why would you even own a backpack that you can't find? Like, what? This is Reese's leftover backpack? That doesn't make any fucking sense. Like. I agree. This makes no fucking sense. And that's why I'm like, I'm sorry. Again. Why do you think you get to punish her? I don't know. I'm so irritated. <laughs> I know. I feel this. As soon as Nesta's done, she's trying to like, what, what do I do with my plate? And he's like, oh, 
he goes, you can wash all the dishes when we get to the to the river at lunch. It's a six-hour trek from here. Oh, I'm sorry. The dishes she didn't ask for, the food for the food she's not eating. So she's gonna wash your dishes for food that you're insisting on making, even though she's not gonna eat any? Again, what? Yep. Of course she's like, all right, whatever, I don't care. She really doesn't. Like she's not in good headspace here, people. She's like, fine. He can drive me into the ground, treat me like a servant, don't care. It's not gonna fix anything. And he's just like, you can see to your needs around the corner. No one's out here. So she does. And as soon as she returns, he's just like, pick it up, pointing at the backpack. So she does. And she acknowledges it has to be at least a third of her weight. That's a big ass backpack, people. Yeah. I think it like. And there's not a tent in it, which is the fucked up part. So, what the fuck is in this bag? Okay, that's what I'm saying. I don't even understand what's in this bag because I can tell you one thing that does not come up in the next two chapters. I agree. Nobody ever whips out of this backpack a fucking microwave. Like, I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't, what are we doing? What the fuck are we doing? Like, yeah, I'm so confused. I'm so fucking befuddled. I can't even. I know. Anyway, we get a snowflake. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, we get a snowflake. And uh, Nessa's plane following the leader, and they're walking. Yep. Nice weather. Yeah, they don't talk. They don't talk. She she's in pain. She's just letting her body do its thing. Yep. She keeps her mouth shut. We're walking. We're walking. Uh, Literally, we get the line. She walked one foot after another and didn't say anything at all. And I really feel like that sums up the whole point. (laughs) Yep. And then we get another snowflake. Yep. They they halt their hike so they can eat by the river. Of course, she gets to to wash the dishes. Remember this. Mm -hmm. But lunch was hard cheese and bread. Okay. No, Nesta was like, fine. It's filling the ache in my belly. It's about all she cared about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other part I don't understand about this is uh, apparently we now work in a, uh, you know, nine to five office because he announces that she only gets 30 minutes for lunch and she can use the minutes however she wishes. Um, at least he says that, but then he like reminds her that she needs to do the dishes and sends her off to go fill up the fucking canteen. So, uh, again, I literally feel this is a little bit like earlier on this book where we kept being like, why do I feel like Reese has had like a personality transplant? I, I understand that some of the problem here is that these chat like this section is not from Cassian's point of view. And we will get a little bit of that point of view after the next snowflake, but still not enough to make it make sense. Um, I just cannot, gr- I cannot for the life of me, figure out what he thinks he's doing. Yeah, I don't know. Because his answer is, he answered the canteen and says, fill this. If you faint, you might fall off the mountain and break every bone in your body. She doesn't look at him, doesn't let him see in her eyes that her thought to that is good. Yeah, again. But he stilled and he was like, he gentles his tone for the first time. And it's like, rest up. We get the snowflake. And I appreciate that we at least get this little look into his perspective where 
he genuinely in that moment when he had said that you might fall off a mountain and break your bones or whatever. Uh, and that she doesn't respond. He does pick up on that look on her face and realize he says, you know, I knew she hated herself, but he'd never known she hated herself en enough to not want to not exist anymore. And I think right. this is the part where I'm like, this is kind of gaslighty bullshit. Okay, again, we're in a book, so like people are gonna do what people are gonna do, but like, y'all, if you're out there listening to this and you're like, ooh, I identify with this hard, this line, I, this is a joke from TikTok, I keep seeing where they will cut a video and they go, not for you, this is not for you. Um, I sort of feel like that about this line. If you have ever felt like this, this line, this line's not for you. Because the line is, only Nesta could save herself from that feeling. No, uh, intervention, therapy, and drugs could help. Absolutely. So, like, shut up. Like, I, I, this is so irritating. <laughs> but anyway, carry on. Right. Just needed to rant about that for a second because it makes me mad every time I read it. No, it's fine. And I agree. Uh, yeah. I, I have very strong thoughts and feelings and I just I'm just going to keep them yeah to myself Again, I'm not one of these people to like whistle blow and be like problematic this is problematic I don't again it's a fucking book about fake it's a book in a fake scenario in a fake world so like I don't right. care but I do also know that like people identify with things and people click with things and you know so like if this is you that line's not for you <laughs> that's right that line is for the plot only and it is not for you <laughs> it's, if, if this is something you identify with aka where nesta's coming from then and you're feeling like nesta does yeah please from the bottom of my heart i would encourage you and anyone else call the suicide hotline Talk to a friend, talk to a doctor, talk to a family member. There are so many alternatives. So yeah. many alternatives. Oh, and they even have new hotlines life. now, like new, like more specific hotlines, which I think is really nice. Um, they have one yes. for like, yeah, people going through issues like with their family because they're trans and things like that. And yeah, I think that like this expanded uh, web of you know, um, resources is important. Yeah. yeah. So I, I sincerely, y'all from the bottom of my heart, I encourage you. Yeah. Yeah. Because if um, you need help and like Nesta needs help, uh, I like that joke that people make online all the time where they're like, uh, if you don't have any of your own, don't be in the serotonin store bot is fine. <laughs> absolutely. So I agree. Store-bought is fine. Uh, but anyway, apparently, you know, I guess we got to stop giving this world such a hard time, Kim, because we have been harping for four straight fucking books. I guess five, because we even made this point in like uh, Crescent City. We've been bitching about how these people need therapy and how there has to be a therapist, yes. right? Well, there isn't anybody to perform a C-section, so maybe there isn't. At least in this book. Don't yeah. get me started on Crescent City. Crescent City is a yeah, dirty I guess that's fair. Yeah, they got their own problems. That's just a lack of desire to go to therapy. This, maybe it's literally not available here. Like, you know, like, maybe we've been harping too hard. <laughs> they don't know the magic of St. John's Ward. I, I mean, if you're yeah, going to go for exactly. the magic stuff. 
Like, yeah, somehow, some herb somewhere clearly works as birth control here, but apparently no herb works as an antidepressant. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> yes. Precisely. Anyway, he, he he's like, let's go. Gets her up. And she's just silent. She puts the pack on. She's following him literally like a pack horse. He knows where they are. They're in mountains that he's been flying over for hundreds of years. It's basically them and the shepherds and whatever critters are out there in nature. Sure. Um, apparently, Moore had, did, Moore had told him at one time, and I think this is kind of interesting, that long ago, these lands, the, the mountains that they're in, had been used for healing that people injured in body and spirit had ventured to these hills, the lake that they were now two and a half days from reaching just so that they could recover. So it's a, a spirituality thing where you're going to, sure. I don't know, find your inner Zen. I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway, he decided he, he thought maybe that's, that's what drove him to bring Nesta here to see if maybe it would help her heal. But they're just hiking mile after mile, and it's dead silent, quiet, like nothing, not a. Yeah. And it's the end of the chapter. And I would be able to forgive Cassian easier if at this point he had been like, yo, uh, I'll carry the backpack for a little while, uh, you know, or like, hey, let's take a break. Like, let's stop early for dinner. Like, if at this point when he had internalized the fact that his, essentially his girlfriend, is essentially suicidal if he had at that point changed his method i probably could have been like yeah he was just like slow on the pickup but we're here now yeah but that's not what happens you know what i mean like instead he's just still fucking hiking and i don't get it so 49 we're halfway up a mountain uh yeah i don't know it it, yeah, they're half. Yeah, whatever. Uh, and he's like, "We're gonna camp here," and still not talking. So like, here we are. Uh, she pretty much her legs give out, and she's just like sprawled out in the dirt. And all he has to say to this is, "Take off the backpack so I can cook my like t- like before you fall asleep on top of the backpack. Uh, take it off so I can cook dinner." And it's like. And, and and the way at least that she interprets this is interprets that it's like, it, yeah. yeah. She says that it's like cold and distant and that this is pretty much the only time he's spoken to her all day. And again, I mean, I know some of that could be her perception, but also from what we just got at the end of the last chapter, which was in his point of view, he's being a dick. I don't know what else to say. Um, and she's still beating is, herself up because she's like, she deserved it. Yeah. She deserved all of it. She deserved worse than this. And I'm like, oh, honey. Yep. yep. Uh, she basically kicks the bag to him and stumbles backwards. And just like where she plops is where she stops. And yeah, it's like chilly and windy and the water is kind of loud and the light is fading. And I guess this is fine. Like, my point is, is like, is it nice out? It's decent, but I don't think this is like the best weather on earth. I think like, you know, maybe bitch needs a jacket and uh, like, Mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to offer her one. (laughs) Uh, She does pull out, I guess, like a rumpled blanket or whatever. And yeah, she just is like, all right, whatever. Guess this is bed now. This, this is where I live. 
Uh, he does make dinner without speaking to her, offers her some food. She doesn't touch it. He's just like, whatever, which is again, like, what the fuck? And she just like goes to sleep. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Get a fucking snowflake. Uh, and then this bullshit carries on. So we've done what? Uh, two days, effectively. Yeah, and we uh, on the other side of the snowflake, it's for the next yeah. two days. So we're now right. on four days. Four days. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, so yeah, we're fucking four days into this bullshit. Literally, if you if you care about every self-loathing bit of information that she provides, um, or we want to talk about the weather more than just read it, you're obviously more than welcome to do that. <laughs> um, but like, if you are in the uh, Discord, you'll realize that essentially for two chapters, I just used a whole bunch of gifts of hiking. Because that's literally yeah. like all we accomplish. We are not making giant strides in anything because they're not fucking talking. Right. Which from a story perspective, I understand like that. There's a point to that. But on the other hand, it's irritating. <laughs> uh, we're not talking. She doesn't ask where we're going. He doesn't share where we're going. We just keep fucking walking. And that's fine and dandy until suddenly things are a little bit blurry. And maybe my throat is so dry that my tongue is sticking to the roof of my mouth. And maybe I should have had some water, but if I have to unbuckle the backpack to get the water, maybe that's a problem. Um, mm, yeah, let's put it this way. Nesta is about to pass the fuck out. Okay. Yep. Like, yeah. Um, what actually, like, <laughs> what actually takes her down is the fact that her ankle twists as she's stepping on like a stone and yep. <laughs> uh, as she's like bending forward uh, she literally has this thought and this is where I'm like wow I have been like ex like so exhausted that I've had something like this sort of happen but I've never like you know just like not eaten and hiked and shit right. and had this happen but it says Cassie and Hatton so much as stumbled once she would know she watched him all day long but he stumbled now Nesta lurched forward but no that was her she was the one falling. Like, she's literally, like, having an out-of-body experience, this poor bitch! And she goes down, and we get a snowflake. Yep. And he's, you know, halfway up this riverbed that they're hiking on, this path. It's a dry riverbed. When he hears stones crunching, clucking behind him. And he turns around to see Nesta face down, not moving. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so then dumb fuck goes running towards her, slides into the thing, tears his pants in the rocks because he's sliding on his knees to get to her. I'm like, all right, dumb dumb. Okay. And he's he is panicking. Yeah. Um, but he realizes she's only pain she's only fainted. And he's starting to feel guilty because he's like, well, I hadn't looked back at her in hours. And, and anyway, he realizes that her her lips are crusted in this filmy white thing and her skin is all flushed and sweaty. And 
realized she hasn't had, she's dehydrated. Yeah. And like severely like, because they're fucking Faye. Remember? <laughs> yeah. We're not just a little dehydrated. We're a lot dehydrated y'all. And he's like, drink. She finally opens up her eyes. They're glazy. And she's all like, huh? And he's like, when was the last time you had water? And and she's acknowledging. This is the first time she's really looked at him in three days. Really looked at him. She only took the canteen. She drank deep. Drains it. And, you know, she pushes... She groans, pushes herself up when she's finally done, but she only makes it to her side. And he's like, you should have been drinking water throughout the day. And she's just staring at the rocks, not speaking. And he really was at that point, you know, he's paragraph again. You identify with this, not for you. You see this happening around you. Don't fucking say this. He couldn't stand yeah. that look, the vacancy, the indifference, as if she no longer really cared whether she lived or died here in the wild. His stomach twisted. Instinct bellowed at him to wrap himself around her to comfort and soothe. That's where the fucking period was supposed to be. But instead, it's comma, but another voice, an ancient and wise voice, <clears throat> back to differ, I think Amber's in your head, whispered to keep going. One more mountain, that voice said. Just one more mountain. Um, she's basically dead on the ground. Yep. What's one more mountain going to do for you? What? Again, yeah. I understand that for plot reasons, I'm sure one more mountain does a lot. But, I mean, in reality, this is terrible advice. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, don't do this. Do not do this. Like, do not push somebody who is at, like, I don't understand. I do not, for the life of me, understand what in him is so sure, is so willing to risk it, that she will not just stand up and walk her ass off the cliff. Yeah. He has said now three times in, like, two chapters that she is definitely suicidal. Why isn't he doing anything about it? Yeah, I agree. This is so utterly infuriating. Like, up until this section, I was like, damn, I loved Feyre and Reese. Maybe I love Cassian and Nesta more. And now I'm like, oh my God, remember like four fucking books ago? I think I said it on the podcast, but maybe I didn't. When we were talking about From Blood and Ash, I'm now thinking I abandoned this whole thing and I stand by my convictions. I'm a Castile girl because either take the world down for me or leave me alone. <laughs> exactly. Jesus. Oh, this is so infuriating. But anyway, go on. He's trying to find somewhere that they can camp 20 feet away. It's flatter, better camping. Is it though? What do you need the flatness for? You don't even have a fucking tent. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. Anyway, he's like, come on. A few more feet, you can sleep. She doesn't even move. Like, she's just laying there. She's done. And he's telling himself it's, she 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 did this because she fainted and, and just might not be sturdy. So he walks back to her, 
picks her up into his arms, pack and all. She says nothing, absolutely nothing. And he, as he acknowledges, he says, but he knew it was coming. That storm knew that Nesta would speak again. And when she did, he better be ready to weather it. And we get a snowflake. I can't even be mad. Like, I hope she does rip him a whole new asshole. <laughs> like, I mean, seriously. I just fucking can't even be mad at this point. Because I'm so mad at him and like i can recognize that some of that's probably insane i get it like probably there's at least one person listening who's like nah go cassian fuck nesta and like again they're fake people who cares so that's cool you did you but like i just cannot i'm so mind blown by this whole section guys. yeah like i can barely keep it Same together geez. i just don't get it same Z's. I'm, I'm there, friend. I'm, I'm, yeah. Come off of this other fucking snowflake, and it's more of the same. Um, it's a little different because we get a little bit more of like Nesta being like not fucking dead, and she's like, "Oh, this is nice. Mountains are nice. River is nice. That's nice." <laughs> like, maybe if I wasn't so depressed, I'd enjoy this view. I mean, that's basically what I get out of the next like two or three chapters. Um, she's literally like realizing that like she doesn't even remember falling asleep. Um, she doesn't really remember anything. Uh, because, you know, she was dehydrated and now we're just like heading north. I don't know. Like, she's like, that's all I know. <laughs> Somehow, yesterday was like the worst day ever. I literally passed out and like lost control of my limbs. And now here we are fucking hiking again. <laughs> I just can't. I do not understand. I'm telling you, I hope Pharaoh rips him a new asshole. If if I found out that like my sister's husband was like, oh yeah, she fainted yesterday and then I made her sleep on it and hike again the next day, he'd be dead. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where he's been. Please ignore the shovel in my trunk. <laughs> Pig farm. <laughs> Oh my god, but whatever, we're fucking like <laughs> She's pretty much hallucinating, which is yeah, the funny part. She's, she's just hallucinating. Yeah, fuck that one. I don't know what we're doing. Anyway, she's hiking and she's hating on herself more than a person could ever hate on themselves. I, it's awful. I highlighted it as if I was going to read it. But it is too painful to read. And also, we've just harped on how depressed and suicidal she is. And it's like, yelp. Uh, so all you really need to know is that for five paragraphs, she's basically like, I am the worst human on the fucking planet. And she literally goes as far as to say that, like, she'd been born wrong. And... Yeah, it ends with like, you know, she doesn't know how to fix it. She doesn't know how to make anything right. And she doesn't know how to stop being this way. And she didn't remember a time when she hadn't been angry. Um, 
Yeah, and literally, it's actually like seven paragraphs because the last one is she says she's she was no better than a rabid dog. She'd been a rabid dog with Amron and Feyre, a beast exactly like Hamlin. She hadn't even cared that she'd made it down the house stairs at last. Did it count when it was driven by fury? Did she count? Was she worth being counted? Like, this is awful. It is. It's horrible. But and I somehow just... Cassian's just like, do, 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 gotta make it to the next mountain because the weird voice in my head said we should. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, Cassian, did that voice in your head sound anything like Reese disguising his voice? Just one more mountain, man. <laughs> like, what the I do have to point out one thought she had, though, by the way. Because this is a familiar little thing. Yeah. They're hiking. She's mentally beating herself, all this introspection. And she's like, no amount of driving her body into the earth would make her good. She knew it. Wondered if he did, too. Wondered if he thought he was trekking out here with her on a fool's errand. Or maybe it was like one of the ancient stories she'd heard as a child. He, a wicked queen's huntsman, leading her into the deep wild before carving out her heart. <laughs> what fairy tale is that? Yeah. Sorry. Um... I highlighted because I think it's hysterical that we it get is. that. We do get a fair. Yeah, you're right. That is good. That is actually good. I forgot about that. Um. Yeah. But yeah, she's. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, I guess we finally make it to this stupid ass lake that we've been headed towards this whole time, and like God. This lake, you know, I'm really pissed because if we were going to go on this fucking journey and be a dick about it, the least, the least is that this fucking lake could have been a la the fucking lake in Akatar when it was that like starlight pool. But no, it's just Pond, some yeah. fucking water. It's just some fucking water and some stupid ass trees. Um, <laughs> and I like nature, okay? But I'm just um we make it here and nesta like doesn't even see it because she just finally loses it and she well, she, just... she she broke she she asked yeah. herself the question that caused her to mentally and emotionally break which is did she count was yep. she worth being counted and she just <laughs> loses it yep um because she feels in her gut that the answer is no and as That's she's right. just like hitting the ground cassian's <laughs> apparently finally fucking pays attention and whirls around to see that like she is just on the ground with her hands like her head in her hands just absolutely sobbing and that is the end of the chapter yes 
I'm tired. I'm so fucking done with this. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, 50 has some good in it. It's it's not even that long. Uh, we finally Thank get goodness. all. Of- we finally get all of the dialogue we were owed for the last three fucking chapters. <laughs> Nesta wasn't talking. Cassie was just grunting, growling, and being an asshole. Yeah, so we finally get all the fucking talking. You know what? Okay, for the three people out there who this counts for, do you know what this is? Do you know what this is doing to me? This is doing to me the same thing that happens to me when I rewatch Gilmore Girls, which is like, do I love Luke and Lorelai? Yes. Do they have some amazing chemistry and moments? Yes. But somehow did the show fuck up entirely by the time it actually got the two of them together and it was just like nauseatingly bad? Yes. But like, like, well, but then, like, do you come out the other end just glad they're together? Like, yes. Like, do you see what I mean? Like, I think by the end of this book, I'll just be like, oh, it's fine. It's okay. I'm not mad at Cassian anymore. But, like, in this moment, this is every horrendous, stupid fucking thing that, like, Lorelai and Luke ever said. You know what I mean? Because, like, I saw, like, a thing on TikTok the other day that was, like, for every, like, group of clips in the show where you're like, oh my God, these are amazingly wonderful chemistry moments. There are like two or three things that both of them have said in the show that like in real life, they would have never spoken again after that. That's right. Because it was horrible. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of how I feel about this. I'm like, I'm sure I'll come out the other end of this like, I love them so much. But on the other hand, this was horrible. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. So what, it's taken us five, six days to get here? Yeah. So, yeah, all right. We're beating ourselves up. Uh, She's literally allowing, quote, every horrible thought to hit her. Um, Which, like, All at the same time. Yeah, which, which, like, maybe ultimately will be therapeutic, but, again, I wouldn't try this at home. Uh, (laughs) She's feeling extra guilty about what she told Feyre, which I think is kind of weird. Cause like I said, I just really think that that needed to come out in the open, but I, I guess I get it. Um, and luckily Cassian has come to the earth where he, he realizes he needs to be a fucking supportive human and he doesn't touch her. He just comes up next to her and tells her like, I'm here um, because she's not looking. She's literally like sobbing into the ground. So like, I guess if he hadn't said anything, she wouldn't even know. Um, but as soon as he says I'm here, she just literally like breaks harder and she can't even help it. And he's trying to like kind of bring her out of it. Cause there does hit a point I think in like sobbing where sometimes it's almost like a cyclical, like you almost can't get out of it. Um, that's why, like, in old movies, you watch people slap people all the time. Um, and so he does finally touch her lightly on the shoulder, and he's just like, Nesta. And she pulls away from him, and she says, please. And, like, we kind of have to stop for a moment and realize this is the first thing she said in five days! Five. Count them. Five. Ha-ha-ha-ha. Sorry. And he's like, what? Please, what? And she says, don't touch me. Don't be kind to me. And then this is where, like, I don't understand how we've made it this far that nobody has, like, put this fucking shit together. But finally, when Cassian asks her why, 
she just loses it and tells him because I let him die. He came to save me and fought for me. And I let him die with hate in my heart, hate for him. He died because I didn't stop it. And then she continues and says, I was so horrid to him until the very end. I was so horrid to him all my life. And still he somehow loved me. I didn't deserve it, but he did. And I let him die. She goes on to say more about how she can't undo that. She can't fix it. Like he's dead and there's nothing she can do about it. And she can't figure out like what she's even supposed to do to like move on from this. Like she can't even fix herself, like let alone anything like that has happened. Um, she also says she can't fix what she said to Feyre. Yeah. And she's finally like, I can't bear it. And Cassian says, it isn't your fault. Your father's death isn't your fault. I was there, Nesta. I looked for a way out of it too. And there was nothing that could have been done. And I appreciate that that was written the way that it was. Like all the way back in Aquar, Because he definitively can say that he was there and he couldn't do anything either. And if he couldn't do anything how could she have expected to do anything like you know what i mean like look at how like look how much you know how much older he is look at how much more you know uh, experience in this that he has like the, his entire world has been to train for these moments and he couldn't save her or save him you know what i mean so right. so what was she gonna do and i think that that's a really like like for their relationship moving forward, I think that is very important that he will always be able to ground her in that like, that was not her fault. Exactly. And she's like, I could have used my power. I could have tried. And again, he finally puts yeah. his arms around her and pulls her to him into his lap. And he tucks her against him. And she keeps going, I could have found a way. I should have found a way. And she finally owns up my father's death. It's the reason I can't stand fires. Logs, they crack like breaking bone. And Cassian finally realizes he's like, like your father's neck. And she goes, yes, that's what I hear. I don't know how I'll ever not hear his neck snapping when I'm near a fire. It's torture. And it's shocking to me that it takes until now for him to put that together. But okay, like, whatever. I'm here. He's here for it. He's listening. Good for him. Um, he's like stroking her hair and I uh, envision like a little bit of rocking back and forth. <laughs> rocking is soothing. <laughs> um but this is the chapter where we really get her backstory. Yeah. Um, and it's, I should have found a way to save us before then, save Elaine and Pharaoh when we were poor, but I was so angry. And I wanted him to try to fight for us, but he didn't. And I would have let us all starve to prove what a wretch he was. It consumed me so much that I let Pharaoh go into that forest and told myself I didn't care. And that she was half wild and it didn't matter. And yet I close my eyes and I see her that day. She went out to hunt for the first time. 
I see Elaine going into the cauldron. I see her taken by it during the war. I see my father dead. And now I will see Feyre's face when I told her that the baby would kill her. And she's just crying. And he's holding her. God love him. He is holding her. Yeah. And she's like, I hate it. Every part of me that does these things. And yet I can't stop it. I can't let down that barrier because to let it fall, to let everything in. I can't bear to be in my head. I can't bear to hear and see everything over and over. And that's all I hear. The snapping of his neck, his last words to me that he loved me. I didn't deserve that love. I deserve nothing. At this point, Cassian's like, okay, like, oh shit. Like, I think in his mind, he's <laughs> he's probably rethinking his methods the last few days. Um, probably. Yeah, he's holding her tighter and she literally, like, can't even, she doesn't even have, like, the strength to hold her hands up to her face anymore. So now she's just, like, openly, like, sobbing all over his jacket. And he doesn't, you'd have to read the whole thing, but it's a nice paragraph where essentially he says to her, like, you know, I can tell you about the horrible things I did, like, after, like, my mother died. I can tell you, like, how awful I felt and still feel, like, to this day that I couldn't help Reese, like, against Amarantha, especially knowing, like, what Amarantha ultimately, like, used him for. Like, I wish I could tell you, you know, uh, that it doesn't bother me the way everybody, like, speaks down to me, Eris and Devlin and everyone. You know, I, I wish I could tell you all of that. You know, like, I could tell you all of that, um, but I'm not going to because I don't think that's helpful in this moment, essentially. Um, and he does give her a kiss on the head. Um, which I think is a sweet moment given the, how shitty he's been for five days. And <laughs> Hello. Uh, what he sums up that experience with, I think is the important part where he says, I'm going to tell you that you will get through it, that you will face all of this and you will get through it, that these tears are good, Nesta. These tears mean you care. I am going to tell you that it is not too late, not for any of it. And I can't tell you when or how, but it will get better. What you feel, this guilt and pain and self-loathing, you will get through it, but only if you're willing to fight it, only if you're willing to face it and embrace it and walk through it and emerge on the other side. And maybe you'll still feel that tinge of pain, but there is another side, a better side. And uh, love that. I don't know where that's been for five fucking days. Yeah. I really think that this was needed at least three days ago. <laughs> uh, yeah hello um i do have to say i do love this part of what he says but i love it for a reason that is so dumb <laughs> <laughs> she says like she's not capable she's like i can't do that and he says you know she says i'm not capable of it and he says you are i've seen it i've seen what you can do when you are willing to fight for the people you love why not apply that same bravery and loyalty to yourself? Don't say you don't deserve it. Everyone deserves happiness. The road isn't easy. It's long. It's hard. Often traveled, utterly blind, but keep going because you know the destination will be worthwhile. Okay, that's great. Love that. Uh, what a lovely greeting card. I am convinced wholeheartedly, and it's so dumb, but I'm convinced because of the word usage and the cadence. <laughs> 
I'm not capable of it. You are. I've seen it. I've seen what you can do when you're willing to fight for the people you love. This is the fucking quote from the second to last episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> this is almost the exact same pep talk that Spike gives Buffy. Oh my god. <laughs> Marsters. Uh, I love you. him. Yes, this is his. This is I. I love you not because of what you're, not because I want you or because uh, I can't have you, but because of everything that you are. I know uh, the way that you try. Blah blah blah. Like it's the same. <laughs> and I know because I have loved that scene of Buffy from the first time I saw it because I thought that was one of the best pieces of writing I had ever seen on that show. Yeah, I would agree with because that. Because you suddenly did not care about what any of the other characters had to say. You suddenly did not care what Buffy had to say about herself while she was wallowing in her pity party. You listened to him and they had done everything in their power to make that character unagreeable. And in that moment, you're like, damn, that was good. You know what I mean? And I sort of feel that way about this where I'm like, for two fucking chapters, I've been so angry with you, Cassian. <laughs> and finally, you're pulling out all the stops. Um, but yeah, anyway, sorry. Just <laughs> fun connection time. I'm no, convinced. I love it. Little convinced SJM watched that episode around the time she wrote this. <laughs> secretly think she's a big Buffy fan myself, but hey, what do because I know? Because we've noticed that before. <laughs> there have been a few quotables where we've been like, that is oddly similar. <laughs> Just a wee bit. But anyway, it's fine. Um, yeah, yeah, anyway, it's fine. Um, we go into this, uh, we sort of it's lovely, but we sort of side tangent and go on this whole thing about like forgiving yourself, forgiving others, forgiveness. The definition of forgiveness is, um, and it's nice, but it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> it uh, does, but it does, but it, yeah, yeah, you gotta just read it. It's fine. It's nice. Um, it matters, but it's also like a little fluffy. And it's like, again, I don't know how applicable this is to a person who's like legitimately suicidal in this moment. So like, I think we've now like kind of jumped the shark here and we're like giving too many uh, pep talks at once. But you know, mm -hmm. that's because he's got five days worth to make up for. True. <laughs> um, but what's, the, the nice thing about it is... Um, <clears throat> the point of what he's trying to say with this whole forgiveness spiel he gives is that like to forgive herself or like to be forgiven, she doesn't have to be perfect. Like he thinks that maybe part of what's holding her back is this idea that she would have to like make up for everything. And like, that's not true. Mm -hmm. Um, and he points out that like, there are some things about her. And that's why I said, this is very similar to the, the Buffy pep talk where he says, you know, you can give everyone that I will slay my enemies look, which is my favorite look, by the way. Uh, you can keep yes. that sharpness. I like so much that boldness and fearlessness. I don't ever want you to lose those things to cage yourself. Um, 
like I said, very <laughs> Spike and Buffy conversation. But um, she's like, I don't know how to fix myself. Whoa. Yeah. And he's like, you're not broken. So there's nothing to fix. This is just about helping and healing parts of you that need it. Um, which is, again, great. Love that. Just don't understand where that energy has been for multiple fucking chapters in a row. Um <laughs> He does, like, you know, he's been holding her face at this point and, you know, tips her face up so that she has to kind of look at him. And, and you know, she's he's trying to be gentle with her, but also keep her, you know, here with him, essentially. Um, and she does shift her hand, like, to kind of mimic the gesture back. So they're having a moment, which is, um, I think you and I talked about this offline. I'm so surprised. And maybe I just haven't, like, looked hard enough because... I don't know. I just hadn't up until this point. I'm shocked we haven't seen more fan art of this. I agree. Because I think this is a very pivotal moment for them. But anyway. Um, Hugely. Yeah. I love what he says to her. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Yeah. (laughs) I'll be with you every step of the way. Just don't lock me out. You want to walk in silence for a week? I'm fine with that. So long as you talk to me at the end of it. Also in the second to last episode of Buffy. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so we have a nice little uh, cheeky, strokey moment. Uh, gotta imagine at this point they're pretty much forehead to forehead, I guess. Um she's like in his lap and they're just, I guess I just like the idea that yeah there's like a whole fucking world around them but they've created this little bubble um but basically all of this is summed up for her in that like the only thing like she's appreciating in this moment that really the only thing he's asking of her is that she tries at all right like that she's still here and like that's what I think you and I were saying from the get-go about like that's how you reach someone who is at this point at this breaking point you have to first remind the person that ultimately all you want is them still here and then we'll work on the other bits right um so she does uh thank him uh and and then we get a snowflake (laughs) thank god (laughs) yeah And Cassian's like, well, the storm had broken. Not the way he thought. He thought it was going to be a ragey one. You know, screaming, yeah. yelling, raging. Yeah. Horrible. Uh, instead, he got tears. Like, the kind that would fill a lake. Yeah. And it broke his heart. Um, And he realizes that every single time she heard a fire, she heard her dad's neck breaking. And, you know, he's like, how many fires had she flinched from? At the, and then he thinks back to winter solstice last year. Yeah. And he's like, she'd been pale and withdrawn, far worse than usual. They'd had a massive crackling fire in that room with them and had kept it burning hot and loud all night. Yeah. And then he wonders why she walked out of there in such a fucking mood. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, oh shit. And I keep building these stupid ass fires practically next to her head every night. <laughs> and then he's like, oh yeah. And that fucking time at the blacksmith when she'd been like, can we go to a quieter room? Um, yeah. He suddenly, I just, the amount of like, 
I mean, like, good. I'm glad that you're starting to understand some of what has been fucking transpiring for like a year. On the other hand, Jesus, my dude, how many hints did you need? Um, yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure if you like go back, right? Like, let's say we like get through this and we all go back home and we like talk to Gwen and Emery. I feel like the two of them are going to be like, yeah, dude, she fucking hates fires. And he's going to be like, oh, did she tell you that? And they're going to be like, no, we have eyes. <laughs> 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 pay attention yeah no we just noticed <laughs> like, fuck, uh but whatever uh they apparently sat kind of snuggled on you know the lake edge here uh for a good long while after the whole like crying thing finally ended but there was also some quietness and you know yeah uh, so that's good for, you know, peacemaking, I suppose. Uh, at some point, because now we realize like we're hungry and it's fucking nighttime. Uh, he gives her a quick forehead kiss and is like, all right, like it's time. We got to get up. <laughs> we got to do something that's not this. And, uh, again, I'm not sure I understand the methods. I thought we were going to go like get a snack or something, but instead he's just like, Hey, water. So, yeah, no, instead it's like, hey, let's sword fight. Yeah. Okay. He takes his Illyrian sword off his back and hands it to her and tells her, show me the eight-pointed star. And she's all puffy-eyed and like, okay, like anybody who has sobbed like this, which is probably most of us at some point in our lives, the amount of face puffiness and like no swollenness and drippiness and unable to breatheness, I cannot even believe that she's like, yes, now please let me hold this. <laughs> yeah. Fuck me. Um, also weird. I like this. <laughs> I like this, but I want to like it more. Because um, he says like, show me the eight pointed star. She studied the blade, then swallowed. Her features were open, fearful, but so trusting that he nearly went to his knees. He nodded towards the blade. Show me, Nesta. And I love this moment because as soon as he hands her the, the sword, I was kind of like, what the fuck are we doing? She needs a snack, not a sword. But on the other hand, she probably does need a slight distraction and like release of tension, sure. So there's that. But also I think on some level, um, because of the Amarins of the world, because of the Reese's of the world that have made Nesta think that she's so dangerous, she's so awful. I think in a way, handing her a weapon is his way of being like, I'm not afraid of you though. Like- I agree. I don't, I'm, I'm not afraid of what you're gonna do. And I love that. I. The part I said I want to love more is I'm like, honey, Reese would have already been on his <laughs> My man, <laughs> can we please cut this woman a break? Um, can we please yeah. give her the credit she is due? But anyway, it's fine. <laughs> I'll over it. <laughs> uh, but she does. Um, she looks at him takes it in for a minute like okay and then she does and she you know does the whole thing and it's perfect and um it's like she was made to like hold this weapon and like to do this you know yes um and once she's done it you know i guess a couple of times or whatever uh he's realizing like you know like the the i don't know what the word i'm looking for is like the the, the i don't know uh 
not passion for it, but like the, I don't know, the, like the brightness in her eyes that this brings to her. Like she truly loves this. You know what I mean? Like, like she connects with this. This is like, even she feels like that clarity of like, this is like her thing. This is what she's called to do. Probably much like, um, Feyre ultimately like choosing her, you know, bow and arrow as a her weapon when she was out hunting and like that she trusted she could do this. You know what I mean? Like archery was her thing. You know what I mean? And I think similarly, that's like, no, this is Nesta's thing. You know what I mean? Um, so he tells her to, he encourages her to like, do it again. And she does. <laughs> uh, on the side of the lake in the moonlight. And that's the end. <laughs> end of the chapter. End of part two. Yeah. So... Next episode, we start part three. Yeah. Next episode. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We do some yeah. stuff. I can't wait for next episode, literally, just for like the summary that we get from Emery on everything we just talked about. She sums up everything we just said in one sentence. Pretty much. It's lovely. I can't wait. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, we know it's been a hot minute. We know we went on side tangents. Uh, thanks for still hanging out with us. Uh, if you're still here, uh, Kim, how's it Please, I hope you are. <laughs> I do. I do. I do have some songs. You gave me two songs to add. I did. So I'm very excited about this. I had some fun, but I will state here now, people, I went for a vibe overall. Sure. I think Kelsey would understand it. Well, I know Kelsey understands that. We <laughs> we discussed it. And she was like, oh, yeah, there's a vibe here. Because don't forget, we spent three chapters hiking and yeah, not talking. Yeah, real fucking what? <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's a vibe here. Um, so in no particular order, here we go. First song I have is I'm Gonna Be 500 Miles by The Proclaimers. Uh, you know, if you can't figure out that it's because we're in the mountains between Valaris and Alaria and we're hiking for five days, I don't know what to tell y'all. Um, I thought it was kind of a funny, obvious, in a good way. Uh, the next song is She's So Mean by Matchbox 20. I love that song. <laughs> I think it kind of fits Nesta in chapter 46. Just a little. You'll think? Just a wee bit. Um, The next song after that I have is Traitor by Daughtry. And I'd say that's pretty quick as soon as Nesta realizes she took it a bit too far. Yeah. And it just continues for the rest of this whole section. Uh, the next song is Broken by Palais Royale. How Nesta and Cassie both see themselves, how they're processing everything that's happened and their emotions and their feelings and their experiences. Um, but it's also definitely Nesta's headspace where she yeah. is this whole episode. Uh, the next song I have is The Quiet Comes In by Fiona Kennedy. Again, Nesta's headspace on the hike. Um, 
This next song is called That's Me by Tara McLean. Um, again, it's it's a headspace song for Nesta about self-loathing and just where she is. Um, yeah. This next song, specifically for <laughs> Chapter 50, and I had to, I went, well, it made Kelsey laugh, made me giggle when I picked it. But it's so appropriate for the end of Chapter 50, y'all. So appropriate. And I will also say that growing up, it was one of my favorite Broadway musical songs. It is You'll Never Walk Alone from Carousel. Um, the version I picked for for our Spotify is uh, Celtic Woman. But yeah. you know what? Pick a version, any <laughs> version. They're all great. Audra McDonald does a gorgeous version. Totally recommend it. Um, but anyway, yeah, You'll Never Walk Alone. Go listen to it you'll understand the overall just entertainment and humor here <laughs> um it's a serious song it's about serious things but it's just funny how it is so frighteningly appropriate um <laughs> kilsey and i are giving each other funny looks um the next song i have is trauma by nf and it's i really wonder why and- I wonder why. It's really, you know, Nesta, how she's feeling, her headspace, where she is mentally, emotionally, you know, and casting a little bit, but it's really about Nesta, people. The next song is Fallout by Arcane from League of Legends and Ray Chen. And it's really about the, the aftermath of Nesta being at Amarin's when she's leaving. So it's the end of chapter 46. Um, there are no words to it it's just a gorgeous piece of instrumental music, but it really does kind of meet the tone of where we are at that point. Yeah. Uh, The next song I have is Jekyll and Hyde by GTR. And um, it really fits how Nesta sees herself. Yeah. Uh, The last two are both Kelsey's. So (laughs) I love them. They're awesome. Uh, the first song that Kelsey suggested is Breathe Again. And um, if I mispronounce this, y'all, God bless me. Help. Yeah, I mean, me. I was no help. I don't know. <laughs> um, by Joy Oladokun. Dokun? I don't know. I'm not sure. Sorry, guys. O-L-A-D-O-K-U-N. Um, and it's Nesta. It's, it, you know, when she's in her head on the hike. And the last song is Sanctuary by Welshly Arms. It's when Cassian finally talks to Nesta and they're being supportive of each other in chapter 50. Those are our songs. Yeah. Yay! Good times. And uh, if you like the lighthearted version of this where there's less trigger warnings for suicide, go see my gift choices. (laughs) Discord. So, uh, yeah, go hang out with us on Discord or our website, MassiveFanBookClub.com or our Facebook, MassiveFanBookClub and Podcast or Twitter at MassivePodcast. I mean, I gotta be honest, Twitter is now X and also they're talking about making people pay for Twitter. Twitter's on the outs, let's be real. But anyway, Instagram, MassiveFansPodcast, Pinterest, MassiveFans, TikTok at MassiveFanPod. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Those are all our things. So we did see the, well, we didn't see the the yeah. live as it happened that Sarah J. Mass just did. Um, 
but God knows we've seen enough clips. snippets and yeah. seen clips and seen people's thoughts. Yep, reactions and all that. Yep. It was interesting, y'all. It was something. very interesting. Um, I've read all up. the books. Yeah. It was interesting what she had to say. I, I will say, unfortunately, Kelsey, and I did talk about this, and I have a few things, and, and please, if you guys have thoughts on this, come talk to me in, in, in Discord in particular, um, because I will say she, she made a big point of saying that she did confirm, by the way, Bryce and Hunt will be, they are 100% mates. In that sense, they are quote unquote end game for each other. However, you know, then she puts out her teaser that, oh, well, we don't know if, if, you know, if they both make it, ha ha ha, wink, wink. I'm like, okay, lady. Um, for anybody who remembers her whole thing with Kingdom of Ash, please don't forget that her way of dealing with Kingdom of Ash was to say the only one she would guarantee would live is Fleetfoot. So, <laughs> Make of it what you will, y'all, because that's kind of where I am. Um, and anyway. I can sum up my thought process on the more she talked, the more I thought, I wonder if she is moving forward with her book universes. Universes. What is the plural universe? Um, anyway. Universe Yeah, universe corns. Um, <laughs> <laughs> universities um, <laughs> anyway uh i don't know if her uh, i'm now curious if her way moving forward can be summed up as the uh once upon a time method <laughs> where as we gain um characters and plot points they just all funnel into one giant plot uh, and we never really get rid of it. And it's just one giant group moving forward. Or if it's more yes. the uh, Marvel Universe method of like, there will be some crossover at various times, but then also everybody goes back to like their respective universes, a la, you know, uh, like you can watch like, you know, Endgame, but also there was like Thor stands alone and Iron Man stands alone. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So I don't, I don't know. Where, like, I'm not sure which method she's taking. <laughs> um, yeah. And the only other thing I will say is she also did hint at the fact that if you look at the book cover design for Flame and Shadow, House of Flame and Shadow, Crescent City 3, apparently it's got all kinds of spoilers in it, like Easter eggs. I won't say spoilers, but Easter eggs. So, yeah, I, I guess I can say I can't wait till my my book gets here in January and I can check out the Easter eggs. Cause I'm sorry, but I don't care how clean and nice your graphic is online. It's still blurry and hard to see some of the details. I get it. I understand. I understand. So, I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, so we have lots of thoughts and feelings about this. Um, I don't know after, after getting through all of, thrown a glass and knowing how she hyped certain parts of that up and, and well how she hyped up the end and the whole bit sure. I'm taking it all with a grain of salt but I also know for a fact that she does have a formula whether she'll say it or not um, sure. well at the very least there's always like we've discussed too like genre convention and you can only break from genre convention so much without losing people yeah 
And part of her justification for the whole thing with Hunt was, is, oh, well, she wanted his, her first love to be, you know, the mate. And I'm like, but wasn't that that Connor? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's okay. I went down a rabbit hole with, like, some girl on TikTok who was like, I don't know. Maybe Ethan will come out of the woodwork. He sure seems to love her. And I was like, hmm, interesting. We have a Lucian conundrum on our hands. Yeah. Then when we get to the end of Crescent City 2, I have my theory there. So. Sometimes. Maybe she'll have a sibling that comes out of the fucking woodwork. I mean, that's what we did to Lucian. <laughs> I just like that Lucian initially seems to sort of have a thing for Feyre and then we find out that SJM meant to pair him up with Nesta and then changed her mind and gave him Elaine and I'm like I know that he is a fake guy in a book but I also sort of feel like this man just kept getting not going until we just were like here you can have this one (laughs) poor guy uh, I logically realize that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it sort no. of feels that way. Um, anyway, okay. Uh, this episode's really long, so uh, I guess it's time. Um, okay, bye! Bye! <laughs> hey, if you made it this far and you've listened to the entire episode through minute 44 through 48 where we gave that trigger warning, thank you for hanging out with us and for understanding why we wanted to have that discussion. If you feel after listening to that, that that fits someone that you know or yourself and you feel that maybe you or someone you know needs some help, we highly recommend reaching out to the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. You can reach them at 988 or by visiting 988lifeline.org. They're available 24-7, free and confidential in English and Spanish. We hope that you never need this information and that you never need to share it with anyone else. However, we know that life is lifey, so you never know when that information is going to come in handy. Thank you for listening, and we can't wait to talk next week. We promise it's a little bit lighter.